It's the Saturday Friends Club. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Saturday Friends Club, your Saturday retreat to nostalgic fun. That's not a bad tagline. It's not, I, I, Yeah, I think it's fine. That's, that's, a, that's an all right tagline. We've been going as many episodes as we've had without, like, a set tagline. I mean, it's not perfect. I'm trying to workshop something, but that's not bad. You're nostalgic your your Saturday retreat for nostalgic fun. Oh no, it's it's uh, it's all right. I mean, it's 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 closer than we've been. What about the times we've not had fun? <laughs> yeah, I try and make sure we have fun every time we do this, even if it's excruciating, <laughs> even if it is Adventures of Sonic the Hedgehog. I try and make sure it's fun. So, hi, I'm Josh. Uh, let's see, we've got Martin and Eric sharing a, a microphone. Yeah, as I said before, we're doing kind of a barbershop quartet thing here. Yeah, okay, I can't sing. That's real nice, Martin. Ooh. All right. He's also an owl right now for some reason. Ooh. All right. Uh, Sabrina's here as well. Hello. And uh, we are, uh, once more, we're doing our fan friend suggestions uh, this particular episode. Uh, and we've got on our uh, our old returning friend, Dan Vincent, who uh, helped us out with uh, Pete and Pete a while back. Returning champion. Hi, everybody. Wow, coming there with some hard energy, Dan. Coming in hot. <laughs> hey. Hey. Sup? I'm here to talk about DuckTales. Yeah, so that's what you're <laughs> here for. <laughs> you want, do, do, do you like DuckTales? The rumor is you're doing some stuff related with it. I mean, like, not official stuff, but... Uh, yeah, definitely not official. Um, We just started uh, recording a... DuckTales recap podcast for uh, the new DuckTales show that's coming out, and uh, we're enjoying it so far very much. So you're telling me there's new DuckTales? There is new DuckTales. You can watch it whenever they feel like airing it on Disney XD or in our modern computer era. You know, you could watch it on your Roku Fire Apple Stick. <laughs> you know, what? On your on your TV, Alexa, or bring me my Fire TV. Stick. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, apple pineapple pen. Yeah, l- little did we know that like way back when is just like Alexa make fire. <laughs> <laughs> Alexa is just like a rock with like the bloody handprint on it. Yeah. Yeah, Alexa was just a piece of flint back then that you could just bash against other stones. <laughs> Alexa, make fire! Thanks, Alexa. I still think I still think you people are insane for owning those things. Yeah, I I will not introduce one of those um, into my home. I mean, it's it's fun to have surveillance on yourself. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I feel like I'm living in the Orwellian state already. It turns out, yeah. It turns out the, the the Orwellian future is just really banal. Yeah. Although I am quite frustrated as to how difficult it is for Alexa to perform basic tasks sometimes. Well, you have to buy more apps so she works to do those other tasks that you want her to do. But I just want to tell Alexa to do something without having to actually put in the work into configuring Alexa. Well, sounds sounds like you need. I'm sure there's an app for that. That's what I need. I mean, Somebody my... needs to program the app to configure Alexa so that I don't have to. So DuckTales <laughs> is a lot mm-hmm. like Alexa. I don't know. Well, J- Josh, do you want to do you want to pull the big like cartoon lever that plays the theme song? 
I guess we could. Uh, but first, let's do this, Dan. What's your uh, what's your experience with the DuckTales, the original series? Well, like the original DuckTales, I mean, we watched that back in the day, you know? Um, <laughs> well, with all the Disney afternoon stuff. I mean, technically, I think my first experience with it was when it was actually in, like, legit syndication. So probably, like, the show premiered in 87. But oh, wow. 87, I would have been, like, four so i wouldn't have had any real I, my first like actual memories and stuff of it are in like probably more like 89 90 when we actually had like the beginnings of the disney afternoon with that and chip and dale and everything else so uh i mean i watched it a lot back then because you know it was there it was cool whatever and uh whatever, didn't really man. dip my toe back into it till uh college you know, when the series came out on DVD. And, uh, I mean, most, some of it holds up. Some of it, not so much. <laughs> you know, I, but I guess that's what we're here to talk about, isn't it? I guess it is. Uh, did anyone else uh, watch DuckTales as a child? Oh, yep. yeah. I did not, actually. I went into DuckTales blind. You you were a blind duck? I was, I was, a, I was a blind bird. Was, was, is there a blind duck on DuckTales? Consult the, consult the sphere. Consult the sphere. <laughs> Alexa! <laughs> Was there a blind uh, duck on DuckTales? Please, tell me. I don't know. I, I definitely saw it as a kid. I remember watching it. Um, I don't know how I watched it, because I don't... We never we never had, like, the Disney Channel, so I might have seen it. Well, I, it was syndicated. It was on regular TV. Okay. You didn't uh, need Disney for it. Okay, right. then, I, yeah, I probably caught it like that. I definitely remember it. And, uh, and yeah, the, you know, it was, it was like, oh, wow, I remember this show now. It's been a long time. Mm-hmm. I was, go ahead. Hmm? Sabrina? <laughs> Sabrina made, you made a noise like you, you were trying to silence us. No. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, 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 what is your, your background, love? I mean, I definitely watched it when I was a kid. Um, and then I also had the DuckTales movie on VHS. And I also had a VHS with, um, I'm sure it was more than just this episode. It was probably like three episodes from the series, but the one I remember the most is the one where they go into the paintings. Mm. They go into the paintings, and then actually, you know what? That might have been Darkwing Duck. <laughs> Darkwing <laughs> Duck's very good. But sounds like a Darkwing. Yeah, never mind. Thing. But I had the Ducktales movie. Where they had yes. the genie. I just, that was one of the ones yes. where, like, there's a lamp in that, but then the lamp gives you infinite wishes, which is bullshit. Even as a kid, I was like, I'm calling bull on this one. The the genie played by Rip Torn, <laughs> of all people. Oh, boy. What's he doing these days? Oh, right. I don't know who that is. He's Actually, the... no, I'm sorry. Not Rip Torn. Rip Taylor. Oh, okay. Uh, okay. Rip, Rip Torn is... We a... were watching Men in Black yesterday, oh, so, so um, I kind of had Rip Torn on the brain. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, we, we did that previously in this podcast because it is so good. Yeah. And I, too, have watched DuckTales as a child, though bits and pieces, and I couldn't tell you a single episode of DuckTales, but I definitely watched it. Yeah, that was, I think, for my... It was like, I, I remember bits and pieces, and, like, it was, like... It was a kind of like foggy collection of scenes floating about in my brain, in my, in my like my what is that like mind mansion or whatever that yeah, is. I feel like mind it was. Mansion. Yes, I feel like it was like the watching. I totally watched a bunch of gummy bears. Can't remember any of that. Totally watched a ton of tailspin. Don't remember any of that. 
uh, and uh, DuckTales as well. Like, watched a good amount of it. Don't remember a bit of it. And then a way less Darkwing Duck than I likely should have because mm-hmm. I remembered enjoying it, but just couldn't. I'm pretty sure I saw all the episodes we watched for this uh, podcast. I'm pretty sure I'd actually seen before because it, they all felt familiar. Mm. Was, was Tailspin the one where it's like the weird, like, deconstruction of it's like all the different characters and they're just like, oh, we live in... It's, like, it's Baloo, and Baloo, for some reason, has a plane, and he flies the plane, and there's Shere Khan, but Shere Khan is like a sky captain, and... No, no, Shere Khan is like an amoral businessman. Oh, uh, yeah. You're thinking of Don Carnage. Ah, Don Carnage. Okay. I love Don Carnage so much. I have some Tailspin toys that came from McDonald's or Burger King a long time ago. I still have them. They're sitting on Just... our shelf. The, the description of the show nice. sounds like that 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 scene from Space Ghost where he's describing the like the show that he pitched that didn't get picked up. It's going to start me and Bugs Bunny and Daffy Duck and we're all teenagers. <laughs> and, like, that's what Tails is like. What if we just took all these random characters and like put them in a, and like they're all on uh, Love Boat now? What? It's, here we go. It sort of was that. It's just like listen, we have this bank. I, it almost feels like listen. We have these characters. The copyright is about to run out. What are we going to do? Put them in a plane! <laughs> I remember thinking Tailspin was pretty cool. No, I enjoyed been, it. It's been a long time since I've seen it, so it's, I don't know. It's just a, on paper is a bizarre concept for a show. Mm. Bears and yeah, planes. Taking, well, taking like Jungle Book characters and transposing them into new locales and situations. Right. I, yeah. I mean, it's definitely I something nobody would have expected. As a kid, I never saw a Jungle Book and was like, you know what? He, he, I bet he'll have a plane eventually. It'd be like taking Robin Hood and all of a sudden doing a wolf on Wall Street with him. What? <laughs> Robin think, Hood is a fox. I know. I don't think it's literal, Josh. No, it's yeah. not. I was trying to say. I think you just. I think you just want to talk about Robin Hood. <laughs> Do we need wa- to talk about the Disney's Robin Hood? We need through to. the forest. Yeah, We should get back on track. I told him we should hit the lever. All right, that song. That's like the first song I learned how to play on my Casio electric keyboard. Oh my god. Yeah, they should just have that be the demo button. But then later, later that song came back to haunt me because then it was the hamster dance. It sure was. <laughs> oh, <Yeah>. you're right. <laughs> Which I it was, it, I, like I heard it. I was like, hey, this is the hamster dance. I could have sworn this was that song from Robin Hood. And I looked it up. And I'm like, this is a song from Robin Hood. How the hell did that happen? Those thieves on the internet stole that song. You know, the only thing I, the only thing I mainly remember about Robin Hood is that the sheriff Nottingham is uh, played by Mr. Haney. I don't uh, know who that is. Okay, well, let's do this. How about we talk about something that is ducky and has tails? Howard the Duck? Yes. Affleck! All right, we're going to do duck tails. Be quiet. Life is like a hurricane here in Duckburg. Race cars, lasers, aeroplanes. It's a duck blur. Might solve a mystery. Not so, I want to get into the details of life insurance policies. 
I want to talk. I want to talk. I about... mean, it's a duck. What else do you want from me? I, I want to talk about Ducktales. So I want to talk about. Uh, it was like this. This. This is a show that, as a kid, combined my is like, oh, it's a cartoon, and also has like just like way too many vehicles and airplanes and stuff in it. Mm-hmm. That was cool. So speaking of Ducktales. It is an American animated television series produced by Walt Disney Television Animation and distributed by Buena Vista Television. Go ahead. Oh, okay. I was just saying closer to the mic, please. Oh, of course. Yeah. I want to hear your dulcet tones. Should I start from the beginning again? No, go ahead. The cartoon series premiered on September 18th, 1987 and ran for a total of 100 episodes. Oh, shoot. My phone just went dark. Um... 100 episodes over four seasons, with its final episode airing on November 28, 1990. Based upon Uncle Scrooge and other Duck Universe comic books created by Carl Barks, the show follows Scrooge McDuck and his three grandnephews, Huey, Dewey, and Louie, and close friends of the group on various adventures, most of which either involve seeking out treasure or thwarting the efforts of villains seeking to steal Scrooge's fortune or his number one dime. I'll I'll give this show credit though, for making Scrooge a, like, protagonist. right. The no. worst protagonist. Yeah, he's he's objectively is a terrible person, but he's like a good guy in this show. Yeah, he's just like a total greedy, uh, selfish capitalist. He's like, hey, I'm the one percent, and I do not care about you. Yeah, absolutely. So, so I, I, again, if you pitch this as like, imagine a three a three man Hardy Boys in which like they're just like rich as hell. Like everyone's like, well, why would want to make this in the show? But they're all ducks. Oh, okay. Now we're interested. <laughs> all right. So let's cover the let's cover. I think. Uh, what do you think, Dan? Cover the characters first. Sure. All I right. mean, in Ducktales, as uh, Martin recant- recounted so eloquently in his dramatic reading of the Wikipedia article, <laughs> <on> the- <laughs> You're, you'll be surprised how much of our program is just reading a Wikipedia article. I'm I'm with you. Don't 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 show them yeah. the secret, Josh. You're letting the peek behind the I, curtain. I was the one who started it, you dummy. <laughs> I mean, one thing uh, Eric brought up, which is very true, is that a lot of this uh, is mined. Maybe not so faithfully in the end product, but a lot of it is mined from the classic Carl uh, Barks, you know, Donald Duck slash Uncle Scrooge comics. Where you have our main protagonist, uh, Scrooge McDuck, voiced by the late great Alan Young. Oh yeah, as uh, our adventure capitalist. Um, adventure. He, <laughs> I can't take credit for that joke. I stole it from the New Ducktales. Oh, oh, that's oh, that's nice. <laughs> oh, okay, I like good, it. Good, now. good, good. I have no good, further good, objections. And, <laughs> and you know basically we're following the trials and tribulations of scrooge in his adventures as the world's richest duck and his trying to maintain his status as world's richest duck um joined with him are his as we said three nephews huey dewey and louie who don't really have individual characters in this no show. They're, they're they're individual characters like a- yeah their individual characters are red blue and green they might as Pretty well be much. siamese twins right they're all voiced by the same actress uh rucy taylor and a holy crap there yes oh god they were so like i forgot how annoying they were yeah and amazingly amazingly we managed to avoid an episode with webby in it Oh, oh yeah, 
Yeah, she was bad also too. voiced by Rusi Taylor. I mean, when I picked these episodes, I wanted to try to, uh, I tried to pick like three episodes that had, I think, uh, one. I know I wanted to be a the one of the ones that really was an adaptation of a bark story. Um, another another one which uh, is relevant to something else, and at least one TMS episode because the TMS episodes are always worth watching. So explain to us what TMS uh, means. Well, DuckTales, because it was a syndicated cartoon, in order to get a, all the episodes out, they had to split up animation work between various animation studios. Uh, one of those animation studios is TMS, or Tokyo Movie something? I can't remember. <laughs> yeah, what that, that's, that, that checks out. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm sure if I had my magic rectangle here, I could uh, I could look them up. But TMS did a lot of uh essentially you know outsourced work for some, like real ghostbusters any good episode of real ghostbusters was animated by tms you can tell the difference they animated that opening sequence hmm. um they did episodes of like animaniacs and uh um tiny tunes also generally the good ones um they also did a lot of anime um i really would hope so yeah, I'm I'm getting uh, my phone here so I can look up. Uh, they they would they would you could outsource animation to them and they they uh, would do like the bulk of the work for it, I guess. Correct. Yeah, but still, I mean these guys were super super talented, and this still uh, happens a lot, like in modern, like the the having a second production studios overseas. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, except that now most of them are in Korea. Let's see. Okay, here we, uh, here we go. TMS, Tokyo Movie Shinsa, Shinsha. I'm sure I've made that. Something, yeah, I got you. Something. <laughs> something. I was just uh, about to say. Let's see. Animes that they have done. They've done a lot of animes. So, did it, what, so they were only, uh, did they only come into it towards the end, like the third season? Uh, no, they were actually in like the very early one. Oh, okay. Um, They did the... Uh, I mean, they've done some Lupin. They've done some Gundam. You know, they did uh, they did a lot of stuff, and just you could tell like versus one episode that we watched versus the other two, which were animated by Wang Film Studios, and those two. Physical, why did, why could, did we chuckle? I don't understand why we chuckled. I like literally when you mentioned all I could think about was the Wang Computers joke. <laughs> Hey, I live, like, right down the road from where <laughs> Wang Computers used to be. Do you have a plain white t-shirt with it written on it? <laughs> no, I do not. I'm not as bad as Martin Prince. Uh, but, uh, anyway, we were discussing uh, DuckTales. And, um, let's see, so we missed out on Webby, which may have been a, a positive, possibly. Uh, poor Webby, I mean, she's great in the new series. Like, they, they basically fixed everything that was wrong with her. Which was and, everything? But, um, <laughs> Pretty much, well, as I, as I say before, Webby is not a bad person. She's just badly written. And unfortunately, the writers of the show basically had no idea what to do with, I'm guessing, was a mandated character for them. Right. Have to have a girl. And they just said, well, we don't like her. We'll just, you know, we'll write her poorly and everything else. Wasn't that a thing um, on, like, later, later Pinky and the Brain, they added in, uh, what's her name? Elmira. Elmira, and it was it was it's so what clearly... the network wants. Why bother to complain? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Um, and then we get other radical characters like Launchpad McQuack. Yes. Yeah. I, I like Launchpad is the corniest character, but I think he's the most endearing, honestly. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. He is a he is not a bad pilot. OK, <laughs> even though he crashes. Here's the thing. When he crashes, he walks away from it every oh, yeah. single time. Yeah, that's got to be a superpower. And be uh, going through some earlier episodes, I've noticed a lot of crashes that he's in are not his fault. Um, and even when he's actually flying, he's a pretty darn good pilot. I, you know, so yeah. he's just good at everything else except for the whole landing bit. Well, and I think of course, I, oh, sorry, go ahead. I was just gonna say he's uh, voiced by maybe friend of the show Terrence McGovern. Yes, I may have been one of my voice acting coaches for a while, so oh, that really? was awesome. Oh, that's so yeah. cool! Yeah, up up in uh, voice one in San Francisco, totally uh, had a a class with him. And I get you, you, as you would imagine, Disney has some like pretty heavy restrictions on their voice actors. So he was just like. Well, he's, he's, I wearing can't. An ankle, he's wearing an ankle bracelet. <laughs> yeah, he's being monitored at all times. He's like, well, I can't actually do that voice, but if I were to do a Boston accent, this is what it would sound like. And we were like, <gasps> yeah. That's, that's what I really liked about it, because he really gave Launchpad this sort of like North Shore slash Down Easter accent from somebody who, you know, might have been from Maine, but really probably lived in Gloucester. <laughs> Gloucester. <laughs> but, but he's but he like he's so like it's like everything he says is like a, is just a terrible dad joke but he's just like oh, like i love him so much yeah, he's, he's, he's a great really character and, I, I, and but he dresses like a world war one pilot so I, I think like i think he used to have i think he used to be in the service and then he was drummed out for something well he also like flies an old school biplane yeah he's, he's pretty, he flies like barnstorms he flies like flies planes but then like scrooge is also a character from the 19th century so I don't know what's going on, Duckburg. We've got a lot of anachronisms, both good and bad, in Duckburg. It's yeah, yeah it's, it's like a less a less restrained Richard Scary universe. <laughs> Let's see. Moving on, I'm trying to Gizmo Duck. Uh, uh, yes, yes. Gizmo, the, I love Gizmo Duck. The, the thunder cleans I, of this I show. I really wanted us to include a Gizmo. Well, I specifically picked an episode. In- uh, that was that introduced him. Uh-oh. Oh, no. Are you still there, Dan? Uh-oh. No! He's running out of internet on the East Coast. Quick! Send yep. him internet! No, I can hear you. Okay, you're oh, good. we're good. Are we, are we back? We're okay. back. Yeah, we're okay, back. okay, yeah. yeah. You, you guys were, were breaking up slightly as, as, there. As, but... as you would expect, Gizmo Duck just wasn't going through. <laughs> <laughs> having another so, technical yeah, difficulty. Yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll restart that, I guess. Um, yeah, I tried picking an episode that had Gizmo Duck in it. That wasn't the uh, five-parter because he really is just a great part of the show. So you have essentially Fenton Crackshell, Scrooge's accountant, who accidentally discovers Gyro's Iron Man suit, and <laughs> with his catchphrase of "Blather and Blatherskite," becomes Gizmo Duck, and he is so much of a ham. You know, I just. I really like he's he's like another side of Launchpad. Like you can do jokes with Gizmo Duck that you can't do with Launchpad because you wouldn't be able to take Launchpad seriously because he's always had this kind of even though he's kind of a doof, he's also kind of a serious character. Whereas everything Gizmo Duck does is a gag or a joke or a laugh, and mm-hmm. I really 
he really adds a lot to the show. I, yeah. I think I for some reason it's just like the the tone, the way he talks is very just very thunderclees. Hello. <laughs> yes. That's this very hammy accent where he's on like all the everything he's on. Even when he's just, you know, kind of breaking his mask a little bit just to, you know, just to talk to Scrooge. He just he everything he does has to be turned up to 11. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. And uh, to round it out, we have uh, the inventor whose name eludes me at the moment. Gyro Gearloose. Gyro. How do we know he's not a Gy- supervillain? <laughs> well, Gyro is a character that comes from the classic Duck comic. And in... Uh, oh, did I lose you guys? Oh, I just turned off the camera just so we can you hopefully save bandwidth. Oh, okay. Uh, I, was, I was worried there for so Gyro, like in the comics, often he's kind of like an absent-minded professor type, and it does continue in the show where he'll invent things without fully thinking through the consequences um, for things like, say, robots that turn evil or gizmo duck suits that can just be taken over by people when they say a magic word. Or like unobtainium. Uh, yeah, and in the comics, he invented stuff like a solvent that dissolved everything and was threatening to destroy the Earth. You know, he's just like, oh, this sounds like a great idea. He does it, and he just, he has not read the classics and thought in his brain, you know, what has science done? <laughs> I just, I, I just, like, that, that one about the the robot that turns evil is like, well, why would the next step not just be to make a robot that doesn't go evil? Well, that's the actually the episode that follows that is about a series of robots who are they don't have artificial intelligence. They have to be driven by human pilots yeah. precisely because of what happened in the one of the episodes we're going to talk about. So today. Gyro would be perfect in like Bioshock's Rapture. He would just be unfettered access to make whatever ridiculous invention he needed. I think exactly. he just he just needs to read iRobot and work through that. Yeah. We yeah, he didn't consider the three. Yes, exactly. Three rules of robotics. Yeah, there's but, like twelve of them now. But it was interesting. Yeah, like these. I I, I don't remember Gizmo uh, like at all. I was like, I, I guess I yeah, guess I never watched enough in to like see him. Third season. Okay, yeah. Then I I, pro- I I probably only ever saw the early stuff. Mm-hmm. I don't remember quite why. And there's but... a lot of early stuff. If you actually look at how the episodes break down, it's like almost feels like fifty episodes in season one. Yeah, no, I actually, I, well, oh, sorry, go ahead. I was gonna say, that's because it was a syndicated show. So they had to produce like the entire bulk of that quote first season to qualify as something that they, they could deliver as a syndicated package. Hmm. Hmm. Okay. So it's like bang it out one season and they're just like, oh, what extras can we like push through in season two? And then eventually they were just like, all right, we hit 100. Should we go beyond that? Nope, don't. No, just cut it. It's done. Cut that from the roots. See, Finish now, line. Let's get out of here. We, we mentioned it earlier, but Dan, I don't know if you have any additional insight on it, was that it's it's based on like a comic book universe prior to this. Yeah. Now, like yeah. I've seen and I've been told and what I've seen, like that it's the, the comic books are like way bigger in Europe. Yeah, I'd say that's a true statement. Okay. Um, the Tintin I mean, effect. Yeah, exactly. I mean, Carl Barks kind of toiled for, I wouldn't say obscurity, but they didn't put, you know, people's names on those Disney comics back then. It was a, it was a different, it was a different time. Oh, they sure put Walt's name on it, I'm sure. Oh, yes, they did put <laughs> Walt's name on it. And 
Well, it was for guys like Don Rosa and other people who like really fought to try to, you know, change that. Um, I mean, I won't say that they weren't present here. I mean, it is true in Europe, they're nuts for it. It's, you know, that's like their Donald Duck over there is like number one, you know, super guy. Whereas over here, <laughs> number one um, super guy. <laughs> that sounds like yeah. Japan. <laughs> number one super guy. Whereas over here, I mean, you know, I would say people probably knew of them, but it wasn't really, I think, until Don Rosa did his work that over here they really started to pick up. But, you know, that you could spend hours just talking about, you know, those guys and what they, you know, and what they did. Boss, is your opinion only very loosely. Sorry. It's like, boss, is your opinion really going crazy for this duck thing? <laughs> we, we don't get well, it. They love ducks over there. All these krauts really love this duck. Jeez. Uh, I would say that you know they only used it very loosely to try to pull. Like some were legitimately adapted from Barks comics, but in a lot of cases, it was used merely as kind of like a a framework. They kind of picked and chose a couple of things that they did. Like we didn't watch any Glomgol. Glomgol. Like, like in the comics, he was uh, African. Uh, South Africa. You back? Hi, Dan. Hi, Dan. Are you still there? What's that? Hey, what's up? Kind of lost what, you. What for, happened? We kind of lost you a bit. For, again, something about oh. the African thing. Sorry. Uh, I'll, I'll restate. Uh, Glomgold uh, in the comics was an Afrikaner. You know, it was from South Africa. <laughs> wow, but okay. In the Woo. in the 80s, <clears throat> you know, apartheid was kind of a big deal. And at the time, you know, it, there was still, you know, stuff was still going on over there. So they decided to change Glomgold's background from an Afrikaner to another Scot, which <laughs> is something that they're actually kind of playing a bit with the new series, which I, I actually like quite a bit. They didn't. He, oh, you mean he's, he's him being another Scotsman? Yes, because they they managed to sneak in some very good no true Scotsman jokes, and <laughs> it may be possible that Glomgold in the new series is only pretending to be a Scot. He might be a he might be a secret. <laughs> he's like a secret <laughs> Rhodesian or something. Something like he's he's a faker. You know, he's deciding. Well, you know, if he's basically, we think he might be putting on an act. But we don't know yet. We haven't gotten hmm. that far. But the the hints they're dropping are very heavy. But it's you know it's nice because in the new series they have David Tennant voicing Scrooge McDuck, and he is a true Scotsman. Yes, he is. As was Alan Young, you know. And it's interesting how both of these actors are really known for roles where they hid their Scottish accent. Yeah, that's you know? weird. Really? Hmm. Yeah, it's weird how that. Yeah, David Sorry. Tennant, uh, he had he pretended to have a British accent when he played Doctor Who. There was one episode where he pretended to have a Scottish accent, but that was actually his natural voice. Well, I mean, so Alan Young, I always remember him from as Scrooge McDuck. And the other, th the only thing I like, because I know he's done like a million cartoons and everything. The one thing I always remember from him is Monkey Island of Three, which he plays a Scottish pirate. Yes. But I think most people uh, who might be a little older than us would remember him as Wilbur Post from Mr. Ed. <laughs> wow. Wilbur. You know, 
<laughs> yes, he he was the he was Will he was Wilbur. Oh my God! This is going. So if amazing. you go back and watch some Mr. Ed, you'll see Alan Young, and you listen to him. It's like, oh wow, it is Scrooge, but he was Scottish, and he had to hide. He kind of trained away his Scottish accent for that stuff, and when he came back to play Scrooge, that's when he kind of brought it back. It's like, oh, I, get to, I was. I get to cut it loose. Exactly. I was kind of <laughs> hoping that. Uh, they would have tried getting uh, Craig Ferguson to be Scrooge. That'd be good. I, but I'm actually very happy with David Tennant. I think he he brings the right energy to the role. He he's nailing it. I uh, have not been disappointed with anything with Scrooge. Oh, Ferguson, he'd be bringing too many robots on set. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there's plenty of robots, uh, except it's usually Gyro that's bringing them. Speaking of robots. Yeah, well, how about we speak about the three episodes? That's what I'm saying. Yeah. All right, so, uh, Dan, what were the three episodes you brought for the class today? The three episodes I brought were Armstrong, Double O Duck, and The Unbreakable Bin. All right, so uh, let's uh, choose the order you want us to go in. We'll go with Armstrong first, because that's our TMS episode. We'll We'll talk about the one that has good quality animation first. All right, and this is basically a quick synopsis is we have uh, Launchpad McQuack, who's, you know, as we stated, the all-around flyer heroic man, and uh, Gyro makes himself a robot that can do everything that Launchpad can do and more. Which is kind of a dick move. Oh, yeah. Right? Oh, yeah. And it's... The... Go ahead. Go... No, you go ahead. Okay. I was just going to say it's very funny how we were... You know, talking about Alexa earlier, you know, our robot overlords coming in and taking our jobs and automating us away. And it seems like, you know, in the 1980s, this was still a very relevant concern. And I, I think we could see, you know, maybe uh, Scrooge McDuck and Jeff Bezos, maybe they have a lot in common. I, I think <laughs> I think um, there is an uncomfortable level of uh, of um, I don't know. Technology fear mongering here. Well, I would, I, I'm willing, I, I would bet good money that Jeff Bezos definitely has a like gold coin vault that he swims in. I would not be surprised <laughs> at this point. I mean, if I had Alexa and a Roomba, then I could understand why people would be worried, but that's, I only have Alexa. That's, I mean, that's a pretty sexy combination. I mean, I wish I had a Roomba, but you know, I mean, she, she wishes that she could have the overlords control her. Because no, I would have put giant googly eyes on it. I think it'd be hilarious. I bet Red would sit on it too. No, he, my... he doesn't even like the vacuum. He wouldn't like the Roomba. Yeah. Uh, so as you we could said, enter it into a Roomba fight. Ooh. Ooh. You could put it, you could tape like, a knife to the top of it. I've seen people yes. do that. Yeah. <laughs> I think I saw that. I think I saw that somewhere on Twitter. But it was like the it was like the you know, next episode of Black Mirror, and it's just like a Roomba <laughs> with a knife taped to it. <laughs> <laughs> That's been one of my favorite Twitter memes. Lately. Oh, uh, sto- like uh, like a boring black uh, Black Mirror. Yes. What what if your mom was a mobile? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But let's see. Uh, A great example of how, like, in starting in this episode of, like, Scrooge is this out-of-touch 1% person is that he's traveling in a private train car. I I can't tell if all the train is his. It probably is. But he definitely has this private train car. He's someone who's been about old and out of touch. Oh yeah, yeah. and then playing checkers with with uh, gold pieces, and then just like mopping up his like nephews. 
Yeah. Yeah. Scrooge is taking a little too much enjoyment and just clobbering his nephews at checkers. Yeah. So now, let's the, see. The, oh, go ahead. The part that gets me is later in the episode is that after they discover that Armstrong is this like amazing robot that can basically do everything in like in record time. There's this one scene where Scrooge McDuck starts to have the idea of like, ooh, maybe he can help make my business more profitable. And so it goes into um, like his uh, this office where all of his employees are. And he's like, and uh, he comes in with Armstrong and is introduced to Armstrong. And says, oh, and I also have a special announcement that you just, there's like a room full of employees that is cut and that it's just Armstrong. Yeah, it's, very, it's very Mr. Burnsy. It was so yes. Mr. Burns, but it was so great because you're just like, wow. So he just basically fired everybody. No pink slips, no no service packages, nothing. Just like you're gone. No, Armstrong killed them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But, <laughs> oh god! <laughs> but, like it just went Armstrong eliminate their positions. He just yeah. kills. He just kills them like the T two thousand. Just like through the uh, yeah, just like. Here we go. <laughs> oh man, he didn't is... look in each seat, but they were just vaporized. This is some Black Mirror level shit. <laughs> fuck, fuck you, asshole. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Black, so... yes, Black Mirror, nineteen eighty-seven. Exactly. So basically, we have Armstrong. Armstrong's this great robot, but eventually ends up going crazy because I don't know. He's, he's a, a robot. He's, he's a, a robot. robot. Well, this raises a lot of a, a lot of uh, questions because. Uh, I mean, they they establish in the show, like, you know, Launchpad coming in and, you know, saving the day with all of his skill and an unintentional skill. And they, you know, bring in Armstrong because Gyro's like, hey, I've invented this thing. Why don't we see what this thing can do for us? Because it's not like that has bitten you in the ass before, Gyro. <laughs> and Armstrong, I mean, I will say he has strong arms. You know, that's a, I will say that, uh, you know, he does a very good job of like solving these natural disasters in a sort of gutsman way. And <laughs> if that was all he did, and that's probably what Gyro invented him for, he probably wouldn't have gone crazy. Uh, but then, you know, they keep putting in this sequence and sequence of stuff of all of these things that Armstrong can do. And he's pissing off everybody except Scrooge. He pisses, he annoys, he pisses off Duckworth. He, you know, kind of makes Launchpad look bad. And, but there's no, there's no like actual thing here that's showing where Armstrong, like they didn't even say John. Didn't even say. For no reason goes evil. Yeah, pretty much he just, he just flips out and is just like, I'm evil now, by the way. Yep. Was no was was Duckworth the butler? Yes. Yes. Duckworth so is the butler. This universe consists of ducks and dogs. Yeah. So so. Question basically, mark. Yes. Basically, it gets that, like there's two there's two racial clashes here. There's the ducks, which are as obviously kind of like the the bourgeoisie. They they have they have. <laughs> oh boy. We're we're getting oh, into wow. some Marxist criticism here. Uh, of, I'll, I'll of step duck out. <laughs> so we have we have the ducks. I'm leaving like, now. The higher social strata here. I just want to know why they kept saying like you're the you know the, you're like the best man I know, best man I know, and like what is man? Exactly. There are no men. There here. are no what men. What is here? a man? A miserable little pile of secrets. Of, yeah, of ducks and dogs. <laughs> exactly. 
But, well, the dogmen are actually, they're another thing from, like, the comics. Uh, you know, if you go and see, aside from, like, the duck people, there's also the dog people. But that does raise a very good question why, clearly, he is a dogman. Why is he named Duckworth? I came yeah, back. Yeah, it's weird. I think that, he, you know, just raises further questions. It's, and, because, it's and because he's been inducted into yeah. as an honorary I'm member. I'm out. I'm out again. <laughs> I'm out again. No. Josh, like, I, mean, I mean, Mags is always threatening to be fired, but Josh has actually gone gone and fired himself. <laughs> yes. It's his loss. Yeah, but I mean, so, and, it's so weird though because you see, you always see the dogs. At least in the smattering of emphasis that you give us, you see the dogs as the butlers, as the spies, as the, uh, Hen- the yeah, civilians. Henchmen. Yeah, the civilians populating the third world countries. I mean, <laughs> I think Duck. I mean, Duckburg is a dystopian future. It is nothing a, else. It is a dystopian future. I mean, the duck because is it's ruled by this evil, you know, adventure capitalist who takes all the money. Exactly. Here's, here's what I propose. Scrooge spends all this time trying to protect his money bin from the Beagle Boys, for example. Sure. Yeah. When it's clearly established many times that the Beagles have no problem escaping from prison. Maybe if Scrooge wasn't taking all the money, the prisons would be better <laughs> and the Beagle Boys wouldn't yeah. be escaping. And ergo, he wouldn't have to spend all his time trying to thwart the Beagle Boys. Yeah, or maybe the other thing here that has taken into consideration is that the prison is is just another... Privatized. It's privatized. Yeah. And it's another front... <laughs> For them to be able to essentially use the Beagle Boys as a way to overthrow Scrooge McDuck and then capture all the wealth. But what if Scrooge McDuck a, owns the prison? Yeah, I, I think like, yeah, Scrooge McDuck buys he he buys the prison and then it's like the next day the Beagle Boys are on death row. Yeah. Well, no, I, I would say that he would buy the prison that way he could be released. That way they can be taken again and then put back into the prison. That way he keeps making money. But how is he keeping to make money? He owns the Shh, prison. Follow the money. <laughs> Loose change. Follow the money. <laughs> so, so anyway, we oh, have, we oh have like it's, it, but it's the standard one. He invents like the, he invents the robot and it starts doing everything. And then of course it's a robot, so it takes over. Yeah, right. Well, but it hasn't taken over yet because Scrooge hasn't given him the keys to the kingdom just yet. Oh, because true. Okay. Scrooge sees Armstrong as a way to make himself even filthier rich. Okay, and he's like. Why don't we have, you know, a race between Launchpad and Armstrong? Because Launchpad is clearly seeing the pattern going on here. He's like, you know, some jobs take courage, daring do, and a sense of an adventure. You know, robots can't do that. And so they have this big aerial race between Launchpad and Armstrong. And I just got to say, Armstrong, you haven't shown yourself to be evil yet, but you're doing a pretty good job cheating in this race by using your arms to <laughs> kind of like right. go and move your plane around. I also don't think that not, would help with a helicopter. No. I, I, yeah, helicopters I, don't work that way. Do I do not. have to give a shout out here to the great uh, Ron Jones composition that's going on in the background music here. That's kind of it's classic chase music. Well, <laughs> I, I guess later. La- yeah, later. I also noticed in this episode when he takes over the like the satellite nuclear system from 2001, uh, it starts playing like a, a mix of Mars God of War in the background. You yes. Catch that too. <laughs> and so, I mean, obviously because we need the story, Launchpad loses the race and everybody is, oh, we're making all these Armstrongs. Everything's going to be great. And he, poor Launchpad, he overhears, this is something they do a lot. He overhears the boys talking to, uh, uh armstrong, armstrong and he's like they're like armstrong you're they just stabbed launchpad right through the heart what, what did they like, say again you cut out there 
Oh, I'm sorry. They said, Armstrong, you're our best friend. Yeah. And it, it's like, that's like stabbing Launchpad well, in the heart. They didn't say it like that. Uh, Sabrina, could you do your best Huey, Dewey, and Louie again? <laughs> oh, God. Um, please? <laughs> please. Armstrong! Oh, no, I can't do no, it no, now. No, 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 you're good. Did I, you strong? I believe you. Oh, God. I can't do it now. Now I'm under pressure. I I'll, can't do it under pressure. I under pressure. Do you want me to do it? And oh, poor guy, he just walks out. He's like, I know what I'm not wanted. And this is when Armstrong starts turning evil for no reason. Where Scrooge, yeah, you can kind of tell when he starts turning evil because Scrooge is starting to really like take advantage of him. He's like, you know, well, make the boys brush their teeth. And he's like, they will brush their teeth. <laughs> Or they will die. Well, also, he only gave them one marshmallow. Yeah. yeah Which, did. by the way, was one huge marshmallow. And later, when they get two marshmallows, they're two really small marshmallows. So it's pretty much the same shit. But it's important, saying, Sabrina, you can't let the big marshmallow crowd out the hot cocoa. He keeps saying it's less efficient. And that doesn't make any sense. <laughs> Sabrina's leaving now. <laughs> it no. was one giant marshmallow. She's it was just as good as the two tiny marshmallows they get later. This is the Saturday Friends Club. Like we, like we get a guest, and now like two of us are crowded on one microphone, and the other half of the podcast are standing. Because <laughs> I'm getting antsy from sitting for so Where, long. We've been incensed. Um, okay, yeah, and we and we get the uh, the bit that we were talking about earlier, where Scrooge comes in and fires all his staff. <laughs> And so he good. has uh, Armstrong basically does all the accounting work, and Scrooge is just like, "Wow, this is great! I'm going to do nothing all day." Pretty much. And then it turns out this is actually a bad idea because Armstrong did all the work. He kind of sees it all as his money now. I mean, he did do the work, Scrooge. You can't argue with that logic. True. Yeah. Which is why you've got to look out with your 401k and your robo advisor. Well, was, exactly. <laughs> well, ostensibly, I mean, ostensibly, is an employee of of scrooges so yeah even if you're the best employee you don't get to like take over the company well i think he just captured all of his he took advantage of all of his stock options so the end wraps up with i i honestly i forget how did it end well we get the whole warning against the internet of things you know <laughs> yeah. which this is this, this episode is really prescient because um a you have armstrong basically taking over the world's satellites and then all of these internet enabled items and toys and they just start going nuts and raises several questions like why do these toy tanks have bullets <laughs> how, how are these toy biplanes flying when they're clearly not yes, meant to exactly and then why are huey dewey and louie driving away from them when they can just flip them i, I like that they even realize that they're like oh yeah. okay and like what, what? i i also I, like that yeah, it, it worked. It worked itself out rather clean. They're like, "Wait a minute, this is just toys. Why are we running away from toys?" Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so, basically, Huey, it's not, since Scrooge and Gyro have been locked away by Armstrong, um, it's up to Huey, Dewey, and Louie to save the day. And who do they think can save the day? It's Launchpad. And uh, I have to say. This bit right here, which I know Eric uh, will appreciate, um, when Launchpad, you know, there's like, Launchpad, you know, we can't use anything that has electronics. He's like, my biplane doesn't have electronics. You know, it's just a stick. So they get the biplane, they go in, 
and Armstrong scrambles a fleet of F-16s. I saw that, like, yeah, like, bright blue and orange F-16s. Uh, I, you know, I'm, I'm going to say, like, I was following this. Everything checks out so far, but then I think a Sidewinder would have a hard time locking onto a biplane. <laughs> yeah, but I, I think mean, that... Moshpad does some really good flying there. You know, he, uh, he does, like, an Immelman turn and makes the... Uh, the sidewinder lock back onto the F-16. Oh yeah, not not since Top Gun have we seen this kind of uh, just like hot dog and scene. On, also, on the big also, I'm surprised at how either fast the fi- biplane moves or how slow the jets move. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're yeah. like struggling to stay in the air and they're just like stalling out and like yeah. And of course, Launchpad saves the day by crashing into the transmitter that's on the top of Gyro's house. So Armstrong has basically lost all of his army, and then they defeat Armstrong by dumping a bucket of water on him. It's like the Wicked Witch of the West. Yeah, Gyro did not apparently think that his Wonder Robot could use any kind of weather sealing, or like like modern camera manufacturers. (laughs) (laughs) Like, Dan, we all know your your camera agenda here. (laughs) I'm I'm here to call out Canon. Like, boo, cannon, yay, beer. (laughs) (laughs) All right, so So, anything else to say on Armstrong before we move to the next? uh, I think we got to talk about the ending where uh, Scrooge kind of gets, even though he realizes that, okay, no more artificially intelligent robots that could consume us all you know they everybody gets a new cup of hot cocoa and everybody gets uh two marshmallows in there two tiny marshmallows yes she's so upset about that and he's he's like you know what what about me and i love how duckworth just goes it's inefficient sir (laughs) which is like he's getting real lippy for someone who was fired then only just got his job back well, I think he rightfully is pointing out to Scrooge, you know, that uh, he needs to be a little more conscious of how he treats his employees and everything else. And I think Scrooge learned a valuable lesson today about not cutting corners and, you know, making sure to take care of your employees and not to cause a takeover of our dystopian future by unleashing sentient AI upon our internet of things. Yeah, he learns his lesson until the next episode. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Yeah. Pretty much, it's just like, oh, I shouldn't fire my people who are actually good at their jobs. Oh, wait, no, I do that about every other episode. Well, but see, the other thing, he's in a real quandary because he just knows that if he just continues being shitty to his, his organic employees, then they will just, you know, overthrow the bourgeoisie and there'll be another revolution. It'll be the same result for him. Exactly. Exactly. We're all in agreement here. Yeah. So, I mean, this episode I I just felt was nice to watch in that it was visually nice to look at, you know, especially like the bit where Scrooge walks through the the force field and gets that, like, you know, weird effect going on. (laughs) All of the stuff in the opening sequence is all TMS episodes. Okay. Hmm. Well, some of the scenes in the in the the title sequence actually looks like stuff from the movie. They're well, they have unique title sequences, uh, and they're like there's certain like things that were animated just for it. But you might be thinking of like the one where Scrooge and El Capitan are running along like a collapsing brick thing, which yeah, was yeah. part of like the that was part of like the pilot. And then there's a bit where Glomgold and Scrooge are like reaching for a lamp. There was actually an episode of the series where they were dealing with an Aladdin type thing. Oh, so, so they oh. did have like a smaller episode that had to do with the lamp, just like the movie. Yeah, this show okay. is, this that show is, is like rotten with la- magic lamps. Yes. 
<laughs> All right. So let's see. So that's Armstrong. So are we moving on to Double O Duck? Double O Duck. Yeah. Double O Duck is an episode. <laughs> this was this was by far the sexiest episode we watched. Oh my. <laughs> Man. Oh yes, we we will have much to discuss on that front. Um, I picked Double O Duck, uh, specifically because it's the episode that was the progenitor for Darkwing Duck. Um, oh, the guy oh. who the guy who wrote Double O Duck, uh, Tad Stones, was the guy who went on to essentially run and do a lot of stuff on Darkwing Duck. Hmm. So they were originally going to call you know Darkwing you know like. Double O Duck, but then they started getting some letters from uh, uh, from the Bond estate, and things started getting weird there, so they started changing uh, things up a bit. But watching this episode, you can see there's a lot of stuff in here that wound up getting ported to Darkwing. Stuff like the agency that they're fighting against being foul. You know, the fiendish organization for world larceny? Those are the bad guys in Darkwing Duck. Huh. Um, Jay, even though this character's name is jay gander hoover he's actually not the same jay gander hoover that's in darkwing duck they're they kind of play in two different characters that, but that that, that blew my mind by the way like oh wow they're gonna jay Gander hoover is in this cartoon now this is a this is a dark universe yes i mean overall i mean this episode i mean just from watching it like the the animation quality definitely is a is a step down from uh from the previous like there's no shadowing everything has this really bleary the bad kind of off model you know not the good kind that's like steven universe you know i i but uh dan i know you, you can't see this either right now but i'm i, I think my the, my fellow podcasters been replaced by pod people <laughs> no we, we've started doing silent improv i don't know <laughs> they're, they're like mime improv going on right now here it's very unsettling visual jokes on the podcast yeah yeah but anyway, yeah. So it's yeah, it's definitely this definitely looks like this is like this is the the stand like a the domestic production. I guess they haven't outsourced outsourced this. But man, this episode like had a lot going on in it. Um, I caught a freeze frame of I, I posted it in our in our little group chat, but a freeze frame of like he uh, launchpad goes like rolling across the screen in the background. There's like there there's like scantily clad duck woman with like booze and cigarettes. This is yeah, like, there's this definitely uh, uh, has quite a bit of. Uh, they're definitely playing off the Bond, uh, you know, the, the Bond lady type thing, which I'm surprised they did as much as they did on this. Yeah, they, 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 they yeah, they did a fair amount of it, considering that how G-rated the show is normally. It was saucy. Uh, yeah. Oh, they are about to like. They're about to like. I don't think cleavage should be considered saucy. Saucy. No, but okay, but like, how many other she characters? To jump on. I mean, the, the scene where she was jumping on top. I mean, oh, there. No, yeah, no, there. Eh. Oh, she's ready to go. She wanted. She was. She I, was I all mean, smooching on him. Oh, he's serious it's not smoochies. Like I felt anything weird about it. I'm like, it's a cartoon. They're not going to do anything. You may not have, but I'm sure others did. Yeah, I was going to say this is a, this is a this is okay. a DeviantArt classic episode. Excuse well. me for not having a filthy mind when I'm watching a cartoon. Oh come, oh, come on. <laughs> But, I, I was I mean, more, this, the, this is more of the ones where like the the clearly pasted over like it, it it was them like winking at the audience or at least the audience's parents. Like we're doing we're doing James Bond like oh yeah we're gonna give you lots of smooches like. I mean, but James Bond all it had was like kissing really. Uh, the older ones. Uh, <laughs> I mean, except for the one with Octopussy in it. I mean, 
the the basic premise of the episode is that Launchpad looks a lot like uh, some other secret agent, and so hey. he basically gets drafted to be a double agent to infiltrate something, and they basically are using it as a vehicle to do all sorts of Bond jokes and other kind of, like, movie gags. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, and... <laughs> yeah, they give him a bad toupee. That is also a gun. A gun. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I like I like that. That was funny. There's, yeah, gyro. I think we have. Yeah, go ahead. Go yeah, ahead, gyro Jack. is essentially the cue of this world. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He has the list of gadgets that he gives Launchpad. The uh, aside from that, he has a telephone comb, <laughs> exploding cufflinks, and Inspector Gadget Extendo shoes. And let's not forget and the, the bow tie. Yeah, the bow tie that doubles as a secret camera. A Polaroid. Yeah, yeah. a pull the bo- bo- the. I loved the Polaroid bow tie myself. It's like, this, is, last... yeah, this is so secretive. Flash! And, and out it comes actually, a big piece of... Yes! Of the <laughs> Polaroid. <laughs> yeah, like, and I, then I they give him a spy hunter car right. that turns from a car to a chopper to a boat and... He, like the gag they play with that is that Launchpad immediately crashes it and asks for another one. Yeah, yeah. that was pretty funny. Yeah, this this episode's like that. And then what uh what what is uh, the actress that the they did the, the voice acting for um for his the, the female uh evil oh, spy it was, Tress, it was Tress McNeil. Yes, oh, I, okay. N- Natasha. No, that you're thinking of June Foray. Oh, okay, okay. Uh Tress McNeil, you might know her. She, I mean she was Gadget in um <gasps> Rescue Rangers. Rescue Rangers is a great show. Yep. She's Dot in Animaniacs. Um, she's mom in Futurama. Oh, she's she's been in a lot of things. That's awesome. She's she's doing her to mom. Mom's evil. (laughs) (laughs) She's but she is doing her like Natasha voice. And also, we have a lot of like cultural and sensitivity going on in this episode. (laughs) Oh boy! No, I think it was pretty regular. Yeah, just fine and good. I I mean, (laughs) I mean, you know, we just went to New Delhi, right? Yeah, yes, just some regular no, butts and sensitivity. New Delhi. <laughs> but yeah, there's you could definitely tell there's we in watching other episodes too, there's a lot of stuff in these things that probably wouldn't really fly now. Just like the stuff in New when they actually get to India and they have uh what's her name, who I can't remember her name because I didn't write it down. Oh, feathers galore. Oh yeah. <laughs> um <laughs> But like all the other people in there were just these very bad Indian stereotypes, yeah, you know. Like the nineties loved their like stereotypes of just like, haha, it's funny. There are different people in the world. We're not racist, but this is funny, right? Yeah, it's like it's it's not malicious, but just very very like tone deaf. It's super yeah. insensitive and yeah, tone yeah. deaf. It's it's like they're not intentionally, you know, they're not you know, Krusty the clown pulling down on his thing, but it's still. <laughs> On the level, I mean, <laughs> that's one thing, at least. Uh, You're back. For the most part. Oh, yeah. sorry. I mean, I, I would say it's no uh, it's no short circuit, so. No, it's no, not. No. Yes, yes, it is, no. It, is no, it is no short circuit. I mean, also, can I say that Launchpad is a very bad spy? Oh, I think my he, God. Yes, he is. The worst. Why they decided to choose him, like, I understand he looks like Double O Duck, but 
He is so not a spy person. He was like so obvious. He didn't even get any of the codes. He had no idea what he was doing. Nope. I'm a... But that that's that's why it was funny. We love but we love him. But yeah, he's launchpad. And uh and yeah. And the and the ladies in this episode love him. Yep. Oh, they were they were all over him. I'm but... a little sad that there was not a joke about J. Edgar Hoover in this one, just even just a little one. They didn't just... manage to work Jay Gander Hoover. Well, I mean, like, as I said, like, or I mean, just to make a little, like, there's some joke, but there's some, there's a dress in the back or something like that. Mm, I'm actually a little, like. J. Edgar Hoover may have been not the world's greatest guy, but mm-hmm. uh, making jokes at the expense of his perhaps well, anus slash gender query is not something. Well, no, it was more that I'm surprised they didn't go, they they didn't like throw something in like that. Cause nah. that ah, okay. For, nah. for their insensitivity. Yeah. The nineties, <laughs> them just being like, tee hee, look, and he may have been gay. Uh, yeah. It's, it's, so he's a couple, like he was also, yeah, not a, yeah. Jay Grifford, not a good guy. Not a good guy, nah, nope. but uh, basically the bad guy, Dr. No good. Great name. Plan. His plan is essentially bitcoins. Yes, he wants to eliminate true. the world's supply of money. Which is the only reason as to why Scrooge McDuck gave any any reason to let uh, um, Martin. Launchpad. Launchpad. Martin, yes. closer to the microphone. Oh love. my gosh, it's we so wanna hard. Hear, it's we so want to hear you. It's so difficult. I... <laughs> so much effort. Okay. But yeah, the only reason as to why Scrooge had brought Launchpad into this and let him let him uh, be a spy was because money and money was threatened. Yeah, right, right. I also want to point out that, like, I don't think Scrooge would be threatened by this because all of his money is apparently in gold. And the and Dr. Nogan's plan was to destroy paper money, which seems like a yes, very short, short-term plan because they can just print more of that. So, so wait yes. then, if, if, if his plan was just to destroy paper money, then wouldn't that inadvertently benefit Scrooge McDuck? Because then he would yes. basically he would be basically the only person with any kind of currency at all. I like the idea that this is like a this is a like Scrooge McDuck's like gold standard flag false flag operation. I know it. I mean getting rid of paper money would have made more sense nowadays because we actually have have more printed money than we do actual like stuff to back it up in America at least. But, but all, back then, I don't well, know if that was the same issue. It's all based on Not current. to get into oh. fiduciary policy on this wonderful show about cartoons for children. Uh, uh, okay. <laughs> oh, no, we're, we're way beyond that point. Yeah. <laughs> we're so, we are so deep in the rabbit this hole. Don't a, worry. This is unfortunately what happens when you have adult nerds watching cartoons we're, for children. We're on a podcast. <laughs> yeah, and it's a podcast. Isn't and, this what we're supposed to do? Overanalyze every little thing? And we just finished covering Kroll, so we've been through a lot today. Kroll! <laughs> I like that we're saying that as if that was a thing that happened in the movie. <laughs> So, I mean, we get this whole thing here where we get several, like, homages and jokes at, like, various movies. Like, definitely a lot of, like, pop culture stuff we're throwing in here. And we're getting up to the big, like, climax of the episode. And Feathers decides to throw her hat in with Launchpad for some reason. That's not fully explained. I guess she really is that attracted to him. I mean, Uh, Launchpad does have this kind of conventional attractiveness to him i think it's the way duck. he treated her or something like i think she said something and it was like oh the way like he 
I don't know. She said something about it, and I was like, maybe it was the way he treated her. Like, I don't know. He was he's got that, I don't remember. He's got that sexy, like, pelican mouth. <laughs> Everyone knows well, the girls are crazy for pelican mouths. All those, all those, all those duck girls, man. <laughs> yeah. They like a loose and, uh, they like, chin. They like a nice waddle. Yeah. <laughs> like to know there's a good pouch for fish in there. I mean, and also take a look at him. He's pretty freaking buff. He's like a triangle. He's yeah, he's swole. Launchpad <laughs> is just like ready to go, man. I mean, if you, if you could see under those feathers, like super ripped. Yeah, yeah I was just like, I'm just, just packs, saying those feathers like, add he's like a, secret a lot agent. of volume that doesn't exist. He's a secret sometimes. agent. He owns yeah. his own plane. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. he works for a rich guy. Mm-hmm. I mean, he basically has clout to do and get away with anything. Yeah. He's just, he's like, you know, he's like slaying constantly. Oh, man. Can we stop and... using these words? <laughs> slaying, swole. And... Can we not? And... It's the ducktails that brings it out of us. All and... right. Uh, Eric, I'm not sure if you if you uh, caught this, but I feel like they actually made like legitimate Inspector Gadget references. Oh, Well, yeah, the feet. His shoes were. Well, not oh, yeah, not just the thing. feet. But he also goes like, wowzers, what a chick. And like, who says wowzers besides Inspector Gadget? Matthew Broderick. <laughs> he was. Did Launchpad never use wowzers before? Hey, Mr. McD. Because that sounds like something re- Launchpad would say. I mean, it does sound like something Launchpad would say, but admittedly, I haven't rewatched through the whole series, so I can't say if that's a true statement or not. But the series comes after Inspector Gadget anyway, so Man, you know, would, yeah. Launchpad would not have coined the word. I would really yeah. like to see some Inspector Gadget to see how that holds up. Would you? Mm-hmm. I would. I wanna... Do you want to see the movie version? No! <laughs> no. no! Matthew Broderick! No! Matthew Broderick! You know, uh, Matthew Broderick is a fantastic actor, but when but the low points of his career are very low. It's like yeah. Snow Dogs low. low, low, low it's like All right, anything else for Double O Duck? I'd say we just wrap up the episode with the fact that they straight up murder Doctor No Good. Yeah, they just kick him into the disappearing vat, and then they follow it up with this wacky Casablanca homage which oh is God, totally yes. inconsistent with the rest of the show. Yeah, I was like, where the hell did that come from? First it was like James Bond, Inspector Gadget, and then you're giving me Casablanca? What the hell? It's uh, old stuff. The parents will love it. We'll Here's it a yeah. you, kid. Rosebud. Yes. No. Yes. yes. Rosebud frozen. <laughs> Stop it! <laughs> oh, the critic returns. Uh, delicious. <laughs> <laughs> all right so, so our verdict on that episode it was fun yeah yeah it was fun it's a uh, little launch pad which was appreciated yeah and, and then not very much uh the the three kids talking yeah absolutely <laughs> oh, right. yeah there was no uh, there's really no Huey Dewey Louie in there no that, Uncle Scrooge, that must Uncle be Scrooge. that must Uncle be like Scrooge. murder for a voice Uncle actor Scrooge. to to maintain that Look, guys just be happy i didn't give you an episode with bubba in it uh, uh, what bubba Uh-oh. duck Baba oh. Duck. The, the cave duck. Oh, boy. Oh, We Fortunately, I, I specifically avoided oh. ones that had... All right, well... It. So you're telling me that, that not all of these are bangers? Um, There are winners and there are losers. Okay. Oh, well, well, leave it at that well is, moving, is our last on. one a winner? Which, our next one, I think, is a winner because it's based on an actual Carl Bark story. It's the Unbreakable Bin. And uh, unfortunately, we're stuck with another Wang Studios episode. 
alas. Oh, Lang Studios. Oh, no. And, I, however, I'm slagging these guys, and then we have this opening sequence in this episode where it's Scrooge's nightmare, and they have this actually really cool, like, pencil background mm-hmm. going on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that they was actually kind of were kind of nice to look at. Yeah. They were but just that's like the only hey. high point of the animation in the episode. Yeah, you, they would just pretty much went like, "Hey, what if we just took our storyboards and made that the episode?" <laughs> well, no, I I like that they decided to do a stylistic choice when he was having his nightmare because it made it obvious that it, this wasn't normal, and I think that's it made it, it made us aware it was a dream before Scrooge realized it was a dream because yeah, he noticed apparently... the stylized difference. Exactly. And apparently Scrooge is having just these like chronic nightmares of the Beagle Boys and everybody just robbing him blind all the time. He's like, this is causing him legit, you know, psychological pain, you know, something that he probably should talk to a professional about. (laughs) And instead he decides to go talk to Gyro. (laughs) And by the way, this is the episode that actually brings in his two types of of most common villains. Yes. Oh, yeah. the Beagle Boys and uh, who else do we have? Magic Beagle Boys, Magic Dispel. Yeah, you get both of them in one episode, which probably would make it feel a little overstuffed. But I mean, to be fair, the Beagle Boys kind of give up kind of early. They're not really like uh, primary antagonists in it. But this just shows how low level the Beagle. I mean, the Beagle Boys are just a nuisance. You know, right. they're not anything important. Whereas Magica is legit. An, you an know, evil sorceress. So, ex- exactly explain to me what is the actual magical power of the pin- of the dime. There is none. Okay. Um, ma- well, Magica Dispel believes that the number one dime is the source of all of Scrooge's, you know, luck and talent and everything else. But that's not really the case. The number one dime is just merely a symbol of Scrooge's, you know beginning it's a reminder of where he came from because remember he was in scotland when he got that dime it was worthless it didn't it it literally was worthless you could not do anything with that in scotland so he decided to move to america and then you know the rest of the story writes itself he becomes the world's richest duck he had to leave scotland because of the because of thatcher I mean, I will say that, you know, there are some episodes where they kind of like play the number one dime as being like magical, but it it generally in the comics and in the show, it's accepted that, you know, the number one dime is just merely a symbol and that magic is a little, you know, crazy for trying to go after that dime so hard. Okay. So uh, this is our first episode with Gizmo Duck. It is. <laughs> At least the first one that we're watching today. Yes. You know, so introduced previously. So basically we have uh as we said, Scrooge wakes up from his bad dream, goes like, Oh, what can I do to try and protect my money? I'm so afraid of it, and goes to Gyro again, so Gyro can do some more terrible th- stuff. Yeah, Gyro basically invents a new type of glass that originally he used on his glasses, but Gizmo Duck says what, what if your money bin was covered in this? You know, nobody would ever be able to get into it. And that unintentionally sets his own demise in motion because Scrooge puts the entire money bin inside this unbreakable glass that the Beagle Boys can't break into. And, you know, turns out he doesn't need Gizmo Duck anymore, which is kind of a shame. 
But a Mr. Scrooge. I don't know. I can't even. Wow. This Gizmo Duck is a difficult voice to do. Just as like high power, Mr. Scrooge. <laughs> Mr. Scrooge. <laughs> okay, and then, um, uh, I'm sorry. Uh, one second, I had to uh, had to stop here. Um, so like Scrooge, he finally thwarted the Beagle Boys, and because he thwarted his like quote nemesis, he actually becomes relaxed. He doesn't have to worry about his money anymore. He can do things like take a vacation. Stop, stop maybe but he still dresses like a crazy person yes he's of course he, i mean just because you've taken away his money crazy doesn't mean you've taken away his the rest of his <laughs> so he goes he pretty much fires everyone that or pretty much he fires uh gizmo duck because d- you don't need him around to protect his money bin um he yeah. also puts a lot of other people out of business because with his unbreakable glass nobody else has to actually protect their own valuables anymore yeah it turns out that this uh gyro has inadvertently put the entire security conglomerate inside of duckburg out of business you know it's not just scrooge's security it's like everybody's security which is kind of bad so which means gizmo duck can't even find another job yeah, it has to end up being a traffic cop <laughs> which uh that bit where he runs into magicka in the in the traffic cop scene is uh there's several things going on with that that's a good it's a good guy that's like the little kid who's like like oh that's like what's the kid the kid puts down gizmo too now wait a second i'm trying to i'm trying to remember that scene there there were actually ducks crossing the road right yes okay so we have talking real life ducks and regular normal butts ducks and there's also get on board he stops the traffic because it's make way for kittens, oh, and Magic is really mad that he's make, making them make way for kittens. Which well, is, they showed and, chickens, too, in the episode with Armstrong. Yes. We don't know how, it's like, the question this, is, if a duck person eats a roast chicken, is that considered this, bird cannibalism? This is like the uh, the goofy Pluto issue all over again. Well, considering Considering that I know people who have parrots that feed them chicken, I wouldn't worry about it. Mm. I wouldn't worry about it. Again, DuckTales takes place on the Howard the Duck planet. This, this, it all fits together. Just, just don't worry about it. Don't think about it. It's fine. Okay. It's a show. We should really just relax. <laughs> okay. So uh, we have this. Um, Scrooge is finally relaxed. He's out on this like safari now. Kind of like checking out the place, like whatever. And there's this indigenous bird, which what was the name of it? It's called a yeeker. Yeeker. Yeek, 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 yeek. That is a very good uh, approximation of a yeeker. Yeah, and it just so happens that the shriek of a yeek will... uh, Dr. Seuss territory here. (laughs) Yeah, very good. That's actually uh, props to Josh for that one. That was was complete improv. You you did well. I, I approve. The yeek, the shriek of the yeek, uh, basically obliterates Scrooge's glasses, and Magicka somehow is always spying on Scrooge like twenty four seven, and somehow manages to see this and decides to go and wrangle up all these birds. And again, we get more cultural imperialism. So now she seeks the yeek for the eek, and then his glasses are up a creek. (laughs) Wow! I'm really impressed. You guys are on fire today. (laughs) Wow. 
We're on we're on something tonight. <laughs> and I, so crawl. Peeking. <laughs> so now that we've discovered the fatal flaw in the glass, Scrooge realizes he's like, oh crap, we actually need Gizmo Duck back because who else is gonna thwart magic at the spell? And it turns out Gizmo Duck is reduced to being a food truck. Yep, that is true. But I mean, those are very big over here. Exactly. So he's not, he's not, it's not a, a, in an ignoble position. Yeah, it's a heat. Well, I mean, even Gizmo Duck himself says, you know, it's a, it's not bad. It's a living. You yeah. know, we, we make, we make do. He, he and... talked to the dinosaurs from Flintstones like, yeah, it's a living. Yeah. You know, <laughs> he just needs to make sure that it's some form of fusion cuisine and there's always a burrito. Yeah. You could, you could afford a nice apartment in these favors. There's a nice apartment, maybe. Like, you could, you could live and in the. You're place. still in the. You're still in the Coliseum. Like, yeah. let's be honest. That's true. And hey. yeah, when Scrooge and everybody gets back and finds him, he actually takes the uh, the opportunity because he realizes he has Scrooge, you know, the capitalist over the barrel, and he says, you know, can I come back with a raise? <laughs> <laughs> and it's like, just Scrooge. He, I just love seeing Scrooge knowing that somebody's got him you know in a vice there's nothing he can do about it but agree and let gizmo duck save the day from magic to spell no and, yes uh, whatever <laughs> and uh, apparently the you know the birds are all freaked out and you know they're not listening to magicka because she's being kind of a jerk to them and and ran and, and like flew them across the world in like a short period of time so they're really tired so they're it looks really like, jet lagged so it looks like that hey everything's gonna be fine we're totally cool none of the glass is broken yet because none of the yeeks have eeks so that way that the the streak for the i'm i'm, I'm running it off you're you're you're, you're pushing it too yeah, much you're bit. pushing it <laughs> and so you know they're like okay we've gotten rid of all the you know gizmo duck thwarts magica you know everything's cool they've gotten rid of all of the yeekers except the boys come and say, look, we found an egg and the egg hatches and shrieks. Uh, the baby bird shrieks and destroys all the protecto glass across the entire, the entire town. Yep. yep. Wow. I'm amazed that this one little tiny bird had the capacity to destroy what is clearly everything in a, you know, like five mile radius. It was the ruler of the galaxy. <laughs> <laughs> the ruler of Duckburg. Yes, it's, it's the it's the prodigal son as explained in Krull. Uh, I, I also I also have the Simpsons when Bart puts all of the the megaphones all in a line. This testing. <laughs> but I, I'd say for a Gizmo Duck episode, this one was was fairly solid. Yeah, it was good. Is is I forgot about Gizmo Duck, and I was like, oh yeah, the, I really like that character. It's it's a very like Ayn Randian universe. It's all about like. Rich guys with godly amounts of gold, like inventing super materials. Like it's it's very yeah, it's very Atlas shrugged e. Mm. I mean, except Scrooge oftentimes gets his. You know, they always get in trouble because of that kind of stuff. You know, Gyro. I don't think he's had a single positive invention except for the Gizmo Duck suit, <laughs> and that's only because Fenton is using it, and Fenton is just a gigantic nerd. Yeah. Mm. So they're always getting their comeuppance. Yeah. In other words. It's not not our perfect liberto libertopian future in this in this show. So I guess I would say at this point, with that covered, 
What are now our feelings on DuckTales? I, when, when I, when I uh, watched episodes of this, I also watched a couple episodes that like, oh, I remember this episode as a kid. So I watched like an additional two episodes along with this. And it's like, oh, I remember these. And so like, yeah, it was ple- pleasant memory. I, I remember enjoying this show and it was, and there were like, despite the rough patches and the, the three kids being really annoying, uh, I really enjoyed it. Like oh yeah, I, like this show. This show was fun, and I remember it. I remember it being as such. So, brought me right back. And uh, Martin, as your uh, as your like haven't seen it before experience, what was your feeling? You know, it was it was all right. It's not the kind of fair of cartoon that I would go for personally. You're uh, turning into a robot for some reason. I don't know why. <laughs> you're, tur- you're turning into a robot. <laughs> Stop I, that. I, I'm trying not to. Gizmo Duck. Gizmo Duck. Um. Okay, something's going on with. Just this. take off your headphones for a bit. Let's see if it's that. Boop 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 boop. There boop. you go. It's the headphones. Okay. Well, there we go. <laughs> um, in terms of the show itself, there you're fine. You're fine. Okay. Okay. So, in terms of the show itself, I enjoyed it. I. It's not my preference in terms of cartoons. I don't know. Perhaps it's because of the uh, the the flagrant glorification of wealth and it's you know just <laughs> how great as, it is as opposed to the flagrant glorification of space marines like yes I, I mean next. you know what i can i can enjoy the flagrant glorification of space marines because at least space marines are doing something for the betterment of humanity <laughs> scrooge mcduck is just taking all of his money and basically finding ways to make more money while screwing everybody in the process so real mm-hmm. life got you yep yeah mm-hmm. and it's just like oh god <laughs> Martin, did you watch protest signs? <laughs> what was that, Dan? I was saying, Martin, did you watch any Disney afternoon? Uh, did you watch any Disney afternoon? No, not really, no. Oh, okay. I was watching Martin Marvels. God, what a nerd. <laughs> nerd alert. <sighs> Sorry. What did you do? Sit there watching Mythbusters 2? Oh, I loved Mythbusters. So you knew it, nerd. Sabrina, what was your feeling? Um, I still thought it was a pretty good series, even coming back to it. I have a feeling that I probably would like the movie more, just because I think there's a little more character development in in the movie. Um, but as far as for a series, I thought it was still pretty good. Um, but yeah, it is it is a little odd to be like, oh, it's this rich guy and. He sort of learns a lesson, but then in the next episode, he kind of goes back to his old ways again. So not really. So that that is a little weird. Um, but I don't know. I'm kind of just interested to see what the new series has done as far as how the characters, like, I guess, handle stuff. I saw a particular fun clip from the new episode, which was... Uh, Huey and Dewey end up going and interning at like a Google like. <laughs> yes, where they're getting an internship with a character that was named Mark Beeks, who is clearly. But the thing was, is like they actually wanted to name him Mark Duckerberg. Oh, <laughs> but they 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 actually that's legitimately that's what they were going to name him. But uh, they got uh, they got some notes. Yeah, that, a lawyer that, showed uh, up and said, mm, "Nope, nope." You can't like, you can't be making fun of Zuckerberg. He already looks like a half-formed human clone. Uh, <laughs> but the character is basically Mark Zuckerberg. God. Yeah, but the, but in that like just that one clip gave like more 
defined personality for Huey and Dewey than I ever saw ever in the, the original series. Well, you got to keep in mind that in the original series, you know, they were picking up after what was at the time and what was at the time was in the comics and even in the general past cartoons, Huey, Dewey and Louie were really, they really were legitimately like one character. They're like a hive mind. That's, they were essentially continuing tradition with them. You know, what we're getting now is a break from decades and decades and decades of what it was. And they remember they tried that once before in the generally never talked about quack pack and they did a really shitty job with it. So, you know, just because they give somebody individual personalities doesn't mean they're actually going to be good. You actually have to, you know, write them well. And fortunately they have. Okay. Yeah. So my coming back to it, I kind of agree with it. I think it's like, I think we saw some good episodes. I Definitely feel there are some definite bad episodes, and it sounds like it. Um, oh, yes, there are definitely bad ones. Mm-hmm. Um, I forgot how, like, I really didn't know how little personality Huey, Dewey, and Louie had, and the boy 